everybody, and thank you so much for watching online. Thank you for following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My name is Taylor Leal, and I am our kids director here. And we just want to say Happy New Year. There's probably a ton of you that are actually watching online now more than ever because here in Traverse City, we have a ton of snow. So thank you so much for watching us online. Today we are jumping into a message that's all about decision making. So what a great time to talk about decision making when we are thinking about our New Year's resolutions and all of that fun stuff. So in just a moment, we are going to play a video about our leadership gathering that's coming up. And I want you guys to know online that you are invited to that. So in a few moments, take a look at this. God has given us a sacred trust. darkness and we declare 
fade as you now arise hope is here with no end in sight you're the light let it shine now let it shine now sing that again you're the light you're the light let it shine now let it shine now nothing can stand against us our praise will break the darkness we declare the kingdom's here because our God is for us. We're living in the promise, and we declare the kingdom's here. Sing, shine a light, shine a light, shine a light. Come on, you sing. Shine a light, shine a light. 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 Lift your voice. Shine a light, shine a light. Yeah. Shine a light, shine a light. Oh, we got a light and we're gonna shine. Jesus, let your name be glorified. This next one is a familiar one we've done quite a few times, and uh, it's called What a Beautiful Name, and I love why it connects to the song we just did, because really, uh, we don't have anything to shine, anything to say, anything to live by if we don't understand the story of this song talks about, and that's the story of uh, Jesus. This is the story of his, uh, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and uh, just thinking into the new year, I just encourage you, um, let's just reflect on this for a little bit. Uh, if you want to sing, feel free to sing. Uh, if you're new and you're just new to this whole Jesus thing, you're watching online, maybe you're in the crowd, just encourage you, just just read the words or even let it be a prayer and say, man, God, if you're real, if you're true, um, just reveal yourself to me through these songs and through these words and through the, the service today. Let's sing this together. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down my sin was great your love was greater what can separate us now what a wonderful name it is I sing it out what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus Christ 
You have no rival, you have no equal. Just the voices. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is Lord, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. Come on, sing that. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thanks, Ryan Perry. You guys can have a seat. Thanks for coming here uh, today. My name is Joe Leal, and I'm our student ministries director, and we are so glad that you uh, braved the winter storms to get out here. If the roads look like they're fine, they're getting better. Uh, so thank you for coming out today. We're happy that you're joining us um, here. And it's New Year's Eve. Who's got big New Year's Eve plans tonight? Anyone? Cool. We're all going to hang out together. We all we all like to portray like portray like we have a cool life, but really we're all going to stay home tonight. So that's cool. At least we're all on the same page. At least we know. Uh, you guys can all come over to my house. I'm just kidding. Don't come over. We'll, we're going to be in bed like nine. Uh, but anyway, thanks for joining us today. 2017. I love New Year's Eve because it's a time where we can, it's like a natural time for us to kind of look back at the year that we had. And here at our campus, we've had some exciting things happen. We've had some really cool opportunities um, for our campus to do some amazing things. I think back to the summer when we had a movie on the lawn and there wasn't snowbanks. Like there was a nice, you know, we had a few hundred people out there. We watched a movie together. It was a great way for people in our community um, to just come to church and have a fun time and a fun night. I look at events like our baptisms. We got to see over 40 people at this campus alone. 
get baptized either on the lawn or in here in a service. We've had amazing things like that. I look back to um, our student ministries retreat. We got to see over 60 middle school and high school students go to retreat, have a life-changing experience. It was an amazingly fun time. I look back to our um, local outreach. We've done so much um, with um, our schools in Traverse Heights where we did Thanksgiving baskets. We did trunk or treat. There was a ton of really cool things that we got to be a part of and that we got to see. And a lot of that was done through your generosity and things um, that you gave. And so first off, we just want to say thank you. And as we are kind of wrapping up this year, we wanted to see a message from our founder um, and one of our founding pastors, Steve Andrews, as a thank you um, to what we've been a part of this year. So if you would join me in watching this. Hey, I hope you've had an amazing Christmas holiday. And I know that many of you, tons of you have made a year in Christmas gift to Kensington and that some of you are still planning on it. I want you to know that today is your last day in the service and also online to make this happen. And I want you to know even more than that, that your giving and your partnership means the world to me. We have no idea how many people God is going to allow us to touch in 2018, but your giving allows us to blast into a new year. Thank you so much. So like he said, he says thank you. We say thank you uh, because without um, your giving and without your gifts, we can't do any of the things that we do here. So once again, uh, we just wanted to say thank you. And as we um, are kind of starting off this new year, um, we're going to be talking about this idea of called my word. And you got a Sharpie when you were uh, coming in. We'll get to that later on. Don't draw on your person in front of you's head or anything. Like, uh, we'll save something for later on. Uh, but we want you to be thinking about what is your word for 2018? And as we kind of scroll through um, social media, I know for me, like when I scroll through Facebook and Instagram, right now is like a fun time because you get to see everyone's like New Year's resolutions. Everyone's all motivated, inspired, like they're feeling good, like New Year, New Me. It's going to be really cool. And so I love scrolling through Facebook and seeing like motivational quotes. I really do. Like I love cheesy quotes. Like I'm that guy who I'm like, I love cliches. Like I just think it's great. And so I thought like, I mean, you guys are motivated. You're here today. You braved, you know, the winter snow storm of Traverse City phase one. And so like you got here today, it's amazing. And so I thought like we could start off with some motivational quotes. And so I picked a couple of my favorites. Uh, the first one is here by a guy named Henry Ford, who I love and respect. And he says this, he says, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Like, that's a good quote, right? Like some of you are like writing that down. Like I'm going to tweet that later. Like that's really, really good. Uh, there's another one here. I love this one. It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. Everyone go, mmm. Like, that's, that's a good quote right there. That's a nice, and that looks good if you, like, put that, like, in a good filter and everything, and, like, maybe put, like, a wood table behind it. That looks really, really good. Uh, this one by Walt Disney, he says, when you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Implicitly unquestionable. Walt Disney, creator, like, this guy, like, that's an inspirational quote. This is one of my favorite. Like, maybe, like, ten people are going to understand it, but I'm for you. So this one, I love this one. It says, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. If you have no idea what that means, you didn't watch The Office and you just missed this part. But for those of you who watched it, that's for you. And now this one is one that, like, it is by a great theologian. It's actually what we're going to base most of today's message about. And it is a powerful quote, and it's one that is etched in my life and my heart. And it's a powerful, it's profound, it's powerful, and it has the power to change your life. And it's by the theologian George Costanza. And he says this, he says, I should do the opposite. And if you've never seen this clip, I'm going to show it to you right now because he has this piece of wisdom where he thinks it may change his life and we're actually going to talk about it today. So would you join me in watching this? Every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. <laughs> my life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's often wrong. <laughs> Tuna on toast, coleslaw, cup of coffee Yeah No, no, wait a minute I always have tuna on toast Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast <laughs> I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast Chicken salad, on rye Untoasted With a side of potato salad And a cup of tea <laughs> Well, there's no telling what can happen from this you know, chicken salad's not the opposite of tuna. Salmon's the opposite of tuna, because salmon swim against the current, and the tuna swim with it. Good for the tuna. Uh, George, 
You know, that woman just looked at you. So what? What am I supposed to do? Go talk to her. Elaine, bald men with no jobs and no money who live with their parents <laughs> don't approach strange women. Well, here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. Yes. I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. <laughs> sure most of some people are walking in right now going am i in a church right now did i pick a wrong turn uh yes we're talking about a little bit of seinfeld today uh, i love that right there because george says something in the beginning of that clip where maybe you've felt this before he opens up and he sits down with J jerry and elaine and he sits down and he says every decision i have ever made in my entire life has been wrong how many of us at one point or another have felt like that at some point like every decision we make is the wrong one we can never make the right decision some of us have felt like that i know i have felt like that there's been times in my life where i've looked at that and i'm going man that's me like i can't catch a break i can't make the right call everything i try to do has blown up in my face it's not working and maybe if you're like me maybe for a brief moment you've let that define who you are in one way or another, you've taken one of those failures, one of those things, and you've let it become who you are. And what I've learned is it's easy to let words we hear and think define us. It's really simple to let the words we hear and the things we hear about us begin to shape us and begin to define us. Maybe you've heard at one point that you were a failure. Maybe you failed at a relationship, a marriage, a business, uh, something. You failed, and you hear that word and you hear, well, since I failed at this, that must mean I am a blank. I'm a failure. And you assume that that's who you are. Maybe some of us have heard that you're insignificant, that your job doesn't matter, that you're just a pipe in the system. You're just that. And you begin to believe it. Or maybe you've even felt unloved. And you felt like, man, I'm just, you know, I, know what, I don't deserve anything. And you begin to think that that is the right thing. You see, what I believe about every single person in here, I believe that no matter where we've been from and no matter what we've done, I believe that every one of us has one thing in common, that we all want to be awesome, right? Like if all of us were sitting in here, just us talking, and I went to every person, every person here wants to be awesome at something. Whether it's you want to be an awesome dad, or you want to be an awesome teacher, you want to be an awesome whatever. When I was little, I wanted to be awesome at pro wrestler, and so I wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like that's who I wanted to be when I was younger. And I don't know, maybe some of you, what, what are like, as we do this, I'm going to invite the ushers to come down. But just curious, and they're going to take today's offering, but just curious, when you were younger, what was something that you wanted to be awesome at? Anyone just want to shout it out? I heard someone in the first service say singer. What would you want to be awesome at when you were younger? Anybody? <clears throat> No one wanted to be good at anything. I'm sure there'll be around. There's people who wanted to be awesome. I know I wanted to be an awesome wrestler. Maybe some of you, I heard someone in the first service said they wanted to be an awesome bass fisherman. Maybe there's things in here that you wanted to be awesome at. The truth is all of us want that. We all want to be good at something. We all want to be awesome at something. For me, I wanted to be a good pro wrestler. But as I get older and as I grow up, those things have changed. Now my focus has shifted. Now I want to be a better dad. I have a son who's seven months old, and I'm crazy to think about in 18 years, I'm going to launch him into the world. And how have I led up to that? And so I want to become a better dad. Maybe some of you want to become a better husband or become a better wife or mom. And you look at where you're at now, and you say, that's what I want to be awesome at. Others of us look at it and say, we want to be great at our jobs. Some of you have unique skill sets and unique qualities that make you amazingly talented at what you do. And you look at it and you realize that you have a gift and you want to be amazing. You want to be awesome at that. Others of us sit here and we say, we want to have a great family. We want our family to look right. We want our family to maybe have the right you know, motivation, the right direction. We want our family to be awesome. 
Others of us, maybe we look at it and we say, I wish I had a stronger faith. I wish my faith was better. I wish I was awesome at that. Maybe there's little things like you want to be cooking or you want to become a better whatever. We all have things that we want to be better at. And maybe you had some hopes and dreams of things that you thought you were going to be awesome at. But along the way, something derailed you. Something, maybe it was a decision, a choice, something along the way derailed or sabotaged those plans. And we all want to be awesome. But one thing is very true. It's awesomeness doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen overnight. You just don't wake up in the morning and become great at something. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes choices over and over again to become great at something. If you want to be awesome at something, you have to constantly make choices to help get you there. And like I said, me and my wife, Taylor, we just started off getting married last year. And so we have a house, we have a family, Jackson, and we're looking ahead at our life. And one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to, you know, to create a financial situation for our family that's good. And so we're looking at all the things that we can do. And so we have some goals, mainly like you have goals in your life. But what we had a few weeks ago is we had a situation where me and her had a goal. We had our finances and we wanted to do something with them. But then we just made some decisions along the way. That as we were making them, didn't seem like terrible decisions, but the small decisions over and over again led to a problem. And so we started off by saying, yeah, we could do all these things. And so we had a goal that we were pushing towards. And then somebody asked us to be in their wedding. And of course we said yes. And then a $300 suit and a $50, you know, haircut. And then a $75, like all these expenses added up. And it was just, okay, that was fine. And then of course we were visiting our friends and we're like, well, we need to go out to dinner. We have to go to this place and this restaurant. And so we said yes. Yes to these things. And then all of a sudden, we're like, well, our friend's in town. We should probably, like, he's really handy, and he wants to help us with our basement. We should start doing that stuff. And, of course, we bought nice things. And so all of a sudden, we had a goal. We said a few yeses. And all of a sudden, a few weeks later, we're looking back, and we're going, man, how are we so far away from our goal now? We were doing so well. And it was because we made choices along the way that pushed us away from where we wanted to go. And I'm sure some of us in here this room have had that, where you've had a plan, you've had something that you've been thinking about or working towards, and along the way, maybe a choice happened, a thing happened that pulled you away from that. Maybe it wasn't even something bad, but just choices happened, and we're not where we wanted to be. And so what if we do? What if there's something in this, people in this room that want to be awesome at something big? How can we do that? What if you're sitting in here and you say, I want to be awesome with friendships. I want to be awesome with my reputation. I want people to look at me as a leader in this community, as a leader in this family, as a leader in this business. I want to have a rock solid reputation. What if you're sitting here saying, like, I want to have a great career one day. I want to be strong in our finances. I want to have a strong family. I want to have a strong faith. What if all of us just want to be awesome at life? If awesomeness just doesn't happen, we have to work towards that. And so we have to make decisions every single day. And when we want to shoot for big things, a lot of the decisions we make aren't just black and white. They're not just yes or no. There's this gray area in the middle that leaves us in the spot where we have to begin to make choices. And to see, the thing that I've learned in my life is that big goals in life start with something very small. The biggest goals you and I have they start with something very small. It's our choices. The choices you and I make. The choices we make every single day, however small or insignificant we may think they are, over time, our small choices add up to become something big. And the truth is, you and I know this, that decision-making in general is unavoidable. We are always going to have to make decisions. We are always going to have to make choices. We're making choices right now. Some of you are making choices in this moment. You're trying to think about, who am I going to spend New Year's Eve? What are we doing? What are we bringing? Am I bringing, you know, this? Am I bringing that? Do they like this? Do they like... You're thinking of choices right now in your head right now. Maybe some of you are sitting here and you're single and you're going, you're running through the choices of who I should date. Should I date this person? Should I date that person? Maybe some of you have been dating someone and now you're in this new boat. We're like, well, should I marry them? Do I really want to spend the rest of my life? You're making choices now. Maybe some of you are in high school or in college and you're trying to figure out what is that major? What am I going to spend my money on in my education? We're making choices every single day. How should I handle this disagreement? Maybe some of you, you're sitting next to someone who you're currently in a fight with, which is always fun. But you're thinking, how am I going to handle this when I get home? Should I just give up? Is he right? No, never, never. Is she right? Yes, always. There's there. I solved your situation there. And so how do we handle these disagreements? You're wondering, should I say this? Should I say that? 
Or maybe some of us are sitting in here trying to figure out and navigate how do we handle the pressure to do something either in our personal life, in our professional life, in whatever life, to do something that we know is wrong. And you see, we're sitting here wondering, how do we make these big decisions? Decision-making is unavoidable. We all have to make them. Now, some of us, I believe, have a plan for how to answer these. Maybe some of you have, you know, this down, like, I know exactly what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it. Then there's others of us who don't know how to do that. And the way we handle decisions and the way we handle it is sometimes when we're faced with a difficult decision, we do a few things. Maybe we ignore it and hope it goes away, right? You don't ever try this one, just like bury your head in the sand, like, nope, it's not going to happen, it's not going to, whatever, just ignore it, it'll all go away. That's an easy one to do. Another one is sometimes we let somebody else make the decision. Maybe you just call your buddy and say, hey, what should I do? And they're like, dump her. And you're like, okay, she's gone. Or maybe ladies, you're like, what should I do? Like, Miriam, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Whatever, you have to let someone else make the decision for you. Or, or maybe this is the hardest one sometimes. Maybe we just rush to make a decision without factoring consequences. You see, this is the dangerous one right here, where we can just spit something off off a whim without factoring in things. Because what I've learned in my life, and you know this is true, every decision in your decisions have consequences, either negative or positive. Every decision that you make has either a negative consequence or a positive consequence. And so when we begin to think about the decisions we make and the things we do and how we want to set ourselves up for a new year, we have to remember that our decisions have consequences. And every decision that you make has an impact. It can impact a few things. It can impact the people around you. You know, this is hard to remember sometimes. Sometimes we just think, well, it's just my choice. It's my decision. But the truth is there's a lot of decisions that you and I can make that can impact the people around us. It can impact your family. It can impact your livelihood. It can impact your reputation. It can impact all these things. It can impact the people around you. It can also, every decision that you make impacts this idea. It impacts the way that people see you, the way you're viewed, the respect you carry, the way people talk about you. It also impacts the way you may see yourself. Like I said, maybe you've been defining yourself by a decision you made. Maybe there's something that happened in your life where you say, this is all that I am. This is the who I am. This is what I am. And whatever that is, maybe that's a word that you carry with you. You say, man, I was a failure, so I am a failure. I failed, so I am. I'm insignificant, I am, that's who I am. And the last thing our decision can impact is our future. And your future is a big deal. Your future is not just 20 years from now, it could be tomorrow. And so when we make decisions, we have to consider both short-term and long-term consequences for them. And I would love to sit up here today and say, well, guess what? Now, the good news is I have a card right here where it tells you every right decision you'll make for the rest of your life. I would sit up here and you would all come forward and then I would go retire on an island because of all the money you would give me. It would be so nice for that to happen, but that's not how this works. No one's going to sit here and tell you every decision that you should make and how to make the right decision. I wish it was that easy. But what we are going to talk about is the fact that there, what if there was something inside of you that actually prohibits you from making the right choice sometimes? What if there's something naturally going on inside of you that pulls you in the wrong direction? You see, it's hard sometimes to think about that. It's hard to come to a decision-making, and especially spur of the moments when we, I feel we have a natural reaction sometimes to not do the right thing. Sometimes our reflex is off. Our natural reflex of how we make decisions and how we think about things can lead us in the wrong direction. And what it can lead us to do is it can allow us to jump to conclusions. Maybe there's something that happened in your life and the first thing you do is you jump to conclusions. Maybe when something and our natural reflex also causes us to build cases against people. To say, this person wronged me, this person did that, I'm going to hold it. We build a case. Maybe it helps us and our natural reflex wants us to get revenge our natural reflex wants us to take things personally or it wants us to act selfishly. You see, this is the natural thing that we sometimes do. It's instinctive. It's a reflex that's lodged deep inside of us. And I believe that it's lodged there and not by an accident. I believe that it's all there because of something. And you see, there's a writer in the New Testament. His name is Paul. And Paul understands that this natural reflex inside of us has a name. It's called something. And there's an instinct inside of us, there's a natural pull, there's something inside of us that naturally will pull us in the wrong direction, and he understands this. He calls us something and he calls it sin. 
He says, there's a thing that's inside of you and inside of me. Not by our choice, it's just there. And it's called sin. And it's a weird word to think about and I was having trouble death and defining it. But what I always define sin as is sin is just separation between you and God. So are the decisions that we make separating us between God? And so it's usually um, represented by this kind of diagram. Maybe you've seen this like on an old church pew or something. But here's us, like new year, new body, everything looks good, right? We all look good. And so there's us, and then there's God, and there's this separation between us called sin. And so everything here that separates us and God is called sin. And so Paul understands that we all have this. And he writes in a letter to a group of people called the Romans, and he says this. He says, everyone has sinned. Nobody measures up to God's glory. And so Paul levels the playing field. He says, every person in here has messed up. Nobody is perfect. We all have this thing called sin. We're all there. He says, this is, ne- this is us. This is us. And everyone has this reflex inside of us that's called sin. And it's not fun. We don't like it. And none of us would choose it. But it's there. And he says this, and he says this in another letter. He reminds a group of people in Ephesians, in the church in Ephesus, and he says this to them in Ephesians. He says, our desires were controlled by sin. We tried to satisfy what they wanted us to do, and we followed our desires and our thoughts. So Paul says, listen, we have this thing inside of us. Everybody has it. And what it does is it controls us, and it wants us to do certain things. It wants us to go in a certain way. It's our natural pull. To go in this direction. But what I love about this verse is this past tense. Paul's writing and he says, you were controlled by sin. They wanted us. It's all past tense. Something has changed. Something has changed since Paul has wrote this. And what happens is he says, you were once like this, but then something happened. What happened was somebody made a choice. And the person who made that choice was Jesus. And so what Jesus did is he saw this world where people were controlled by sin. It was their natural reflex. It was who they were. And he said, that's not right. And so what he did is he came to this earth. He walked a sinless life. And he was sacrificed for you and for I because we always would have this pull. And so what Jesus does by doing that is he creates a new plan. He creates a way that says, you don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to be controlled by this. Yes, it's going to be natural. Yes, it's the reflex, but it doesn't have to define who you are. And so what Jesus does is essentially, Jesus builds a bridge between us and God. Jesus is the bridge between us and God. And so now there was this separation before, and this is like cheesy. You've seen like your grandparents draw this or something, but this is a great reminder for us to go that the bridge between us and God is Jesus. And the separation is sin, but he's over that. And so when we choose to live in this, and we choose to accept this as truth, then something changes. You see, Paul says once you were controlled by this, you did do this, and now this is what he says to a church in Corinth. He says when anyone lives in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has You see, this is the good news of Jesus. This is the good news that says what you were once controlled by, you don't have to be controlled by that anymore. But what this plan now requires us to do is something that's challenging. It has us to have to come to a realization that the way that we naturally are inclined to live isn't working. The way that we naturally would make decisions, the way that we naturally would choose to live is not the way that works. And so what we have to do is we have to have a choice to surrender, a daily surrender to choose to do something that is countercultural at times, to choose to do something that uh, involves humility, to choose to do something that goes against the natural flow of what we want to do. And you see, as Jesus illustrates this point, I think so well in a profound way and in a challenging way. He says it like this in Matthew. He says, there are two paths before you. You may take only one path. And so Jesus lays this out real simply. He says, there's a road right here and a road right here. You have to pick one. You can't go down both. You can't see what it's like. You have to pick one. And he says, one doorway is narrow and the other door is wide. And then he gives you a tip. He says, choose to go through the narrow door. 
So there's two paths you've got to pick. One's wide, one is narrow. And then he goes on to explain this. And I love the translation of the voice because it says this. It says, for the wide door leads to a wide path, and the wide path is broad. Like, okay, Captain Obvious, I get that. It says, the wide, broad path is easy. Well, obviously, it's easy. And it says, the wide, broad path, easy path, has many, many people on it. This is what everyone wants to do. Everyone wants to go down the easy path. Everyone wants to go down the wide, broad path. It's crowded. There's many, many people on it. And then he continues, and I love this word in Scripture because you know there's something else coming. It says, but, it's always like a big but in Scripture. It says, but, the wide, broad, easy, crowded path leads to death. Pause for a second. He sits here and he goes, it's wide. There's a lot of people on it. It's crowded. It's what everyone's doing. But it leads to death. And then he says, now then, that narrow door leads to a narrow road that leads to life. And now this is what he says right here. He doesn't stop. He says, it is hard to find that road. Not many people manage it. Now he says that wide road, it's easy. Everybody's doing it. It's the way to go. There's so many people on it. It's crowded. He says, but there's another road. This road is one that leads to life. It's a road that's hard. And it's also a road that not many people manage. And you see, this is the sobering part. This is the hard part because he gives us the choice. And so he says, what do you choose? You want to go down the wide path or you want to go the narrow path? And the narrow road is a choice. You, in fact, have to choose to go down that. And that narrow road today in 2017, soon to be 2018, looks a lot different than the wide path of maybe the people around you. What this is actually asking you to do and what this choice is actually asking you to make is a choice that says, me second. My wants, my desires, my reflex, my natural way of thinking behind me. The narrow road is not a road that you're initially drawn to. It's not the road that you look at and you say, I would love to go down that one. It's a road that you have to choose to go down, and it's countercultural. Because the narrow road goes against your instincts. It goes against my instincts. Quite frankly, it's like what George said. It's the opposite of what you want to do. But the thing is, we have to choose this road daily. We have to choose it daily. And you see, the narrow road with Jesus and choosing that is the opposite of our sin reflex. But the question is, what does it look like? How do we live like this? How does it look like to live and walk down a narrow road in your context today? Well, the truth is we have to do the opposite of your instincts. We have to do the opposite sometimes. What would it look like if we changed how we reacted to certain situations? What would it look like in your life if we changed how we responded to certain situations to intentionally go down a road that maybe not a lot of people would want to go down? What if we did this? What if we went from assuming the worst, assuming the worst about somebody, to believing the best? That's the narrow road. You see, we have a choice of how we view people and how we view situations. Our tendency is to jump to conclusions and build up things in our mind as a worst-case scenario. Like, there's no way my spouse understands or even cares about me. They're so selfish. They're so, think like, all they do is think about themselves. We assume the worst. They don't care about me. They're only concerned about themselves. My friends, they don't even know. What if we began to believe the best? What if we changed our focus and did that? What if we walk down that road? It's not the easy road. It's easier to assume the worst. It takes grace. It takes forgiveness. It takes understanding all of the things that Jesus gave to us to do that for someone else. It's not our natural instinct. We don't want to do it. We want to hold tight. But maybe walking down the narrow road is believing the best. What about getting even? There are times where we want to get even with somebody. Maybe somebody hurts you. Maybe it only feels right to get them back. You should hurt them back because they hurt you. Maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic or admire with their shopping cart. And you're like, well, I'm going to show you. And you get in front of that. You, maybe you want to get them back. Maybe somebody talked bad about you at work. And so you're like, well, let me tell you about them. It's so easy to do that. 
But what if we have a choice to do something different? What if we have a choice to be like Elsa and say, let it go? Instead of getting even, what if we let it go? You see, Jesus says something about this too in Matthew. He says this, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's the wide road. That's the easy path. That's the one that everyone's going down. That's the one that we all know. That's what it's assumed. That's the crowded way. But then there's a narrow road piece where he says, but here is what I tell you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. Shoot. I want to do that. That's not our instinct. That's not what we naturally are pulled to. But following Jesus means we have to choose to go down that narrow road at times. Or what if instead of living for you, And worried about what we can do for ourselves, worrying how we can spend our time, what we can do in our lives for our family, for us, us, us. What if we begin to die to ourselves? You see, we have the tendency to look at ourselves as number one. To be selfish, to take care of ourselves, to take more than we deserve. That's our natural reaction. But what if instead we did something different? What if instead we began to power, um, not instead of building ourselves up, but humble ourselves? Instead of looking out for our own interests, we began to look out for the interests of others. What if we began to look at our time and how we handle our time? And instead of saying, what can we do for me? How can I get one more weekend at our getaway house? How can we do one more vacation? What if we went against that and said, how can we do something for someone else? What if we began to serve here on a weekend with kids? What if we began to serve with our schools? What if we began to volunteer at other places? What if we began to live, not live for ourselves, but die to ourselves and live for others. You see, look at how Jesus explains this to one of his followers. I love it. He says this. He said to all of them, whoever wants to follow me must say no to themselves. They must pick up their cross. Think about that. The cross means so much. When we think about Easter, we think about Jesus, we think about the story. He says they must pick up their cross daily and follow me it's not easy it's not what we want to do it's countercultural. it's not the wide path it's the narrow road that jesus is calling us to walk down but if we choose to do that and it is a choice you don't have to do it but if we choose to do that what would it look like in our relationships how much different could your life look if we chose to walk down the narrow road who would you still have in your life who would still be there Maybe we could have avoided a fight, a struggle, a split, something if we had chose to walk down the narrow road. What if we had chose to walk down the narrow road? Who could we have avoided hurting? Who could we have avoided, who could we have saved that pain? And most importantly, how might your impact change? How might your impact change? As a person who lives here in the Traverse City area, how might your impact change if you chose to intentionally walk down this narrow road saying no to ourselves doing things that are countercultural, putting others first humbling ourselves what could that look like you see when we learn to choose the narrow road or do the opposite of what we reflexively want to do what we're doing is we're building a new reflex we're building a god reflex and the ability to develop that And follow God in that has the potential to change our lives. And the way I want us to look at this, and we'll wrap up here, is this. Is the narrow road needs to become our new reflex. And how you live your life, and how the things you do, and what you choose to spend your time with. I want us to choose the narrow road. I'm working on choosing that in every single piece of my life. And as we look back on 2017, as we look back on this entire year of what it looks like for you, and you're looking ahead to 2018... Maybe this narrow road is a road that you want to choose to walk down. Maybe it's something that you're sitting here going, I want to work and I want to be better at choosing this. And having it become my new reflex. In a few minutes, we're going to watch a video right here um, that kind of sets up this idea. When you were coming in, you were handed a Sharpie. And the reason why we have you um, getting a Sharpie is, like I said earlier, maybe some of you have been defined by a word. Maybe in your past and in your life, you've been defined by something. And this year, and especially in 2018, you want a new thing. You want a new identity. You want a new way to look at this year. And so what we've chosen to do is this idea of walking down the narrow road is not easy. 
But maybe you're sitting here today and you're feeling something inside of you stir that says, I want to be different now. I want to make a change in my life. I want to live my life differently than how I have been living. We're going to take a second here and take a moment to pause. And maybe you're thinking that word now. Maybe there's a word that's coming to you. Maybe you've been feeling something. And whatever that word is, we want to encourage you to write it down. And we're going to talk about it in a second. But as you think about that, I want you to watch this video of some people in our Kensington community who have made that choice and been thinking about what word defines them. And maybe it'll help you think about what word will define you as we move forward in 2018. The Lord kind of revealed to me my word at the end of a season of dryness in my life. That's when he kind of came in and just hushed a lot of my fears saying, don't worry, don't fear, you're gonna be my witness in 2018. My word for 2018 is witness. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm free to live my life feeling oppressed and depressed by what others think of me, or I'm free to choose to believe what God says about me. My word for 2018 is free. I just recently started Claimer Campus, which is a prayer movement with all the high schoolers. It's been growing rapidly. It's just gonna change the lives of so many people. It's gonna be huge. My word for 2018 is unforgettable. I chose hope for my word. Hope is the only thing that allows me to continue to live this life. It's the reason why I have joy in my heart. I realize even if I go through trials or tribulations or struggles or make mistakes or fall, my hope is still in Christ alone. My word for 2018 is hope. My word for 2018 is intentional. I would like to be intentional with my relationships, with the Lord, with my friends, and with my family. I'd like to be intentional with my time. And if I am intentional, I believe that I can make a difference. My word for 2018 is intentional. When I reflected on 2017, I don't think I experienced a lot of peace. I think following Jesus, we're supposed to have abundant blessings, and peace is one of those. So my word for 2018 is peace. think about uh, those words. Maybe you're thinking right now of a word for you. Uh, the word I chose for me personally is honor. And I want to live with honor this year. I want to honor my family. I want to honor my wife. I want to honor my son. I want to honor this community that we're a part of. I want to live with that idea of honor. And how can I honor others? That's the word that I've chosen for me. And maybe some of you are choosing a word right now. And as we are um, maybe going through that, I want to encourage you to do what we've done. I know Ryan's got one on his hand. I've got one on mine. And if you want to join us with that and writing what that is um, to you, I want to encourage you to do that at this time. And as we're doing that, Ryan and Carrie are going to lead us in a song called This Is Living. And it's going to be a slower version, a reflective version. And what we want you to do is think about what would it look like in your life if you lived out this word or your word and you lived it out in 2018. Would you join us together? Waking up knowing there's a reason all my dreams come alive. Life is worth living with you. Made my decision. You lift me up, fill my eyes with wonder. Forever young in your love, freedom's untainted with you. The moment is wasted. See the sun. Bursting through the clouds, black and white, turns to color all around. All is new in the Savior I am found. This is living now.
next song we're going to lead you guys in is called No Longer Slaves. And it's a song we've sung quite a few times here. And uh, the reason kind of why we wanted to close the service with this specific song uh, is because it's kind of a de declaration. There's songs that we sing that uh, are just praising God for who he is. And there's songs that we sing that uh, are kind of prayers. Uh, but this song is can be a prayer as well, but it's mainly a declaration. And I don't know about you, but my word for 2017, 18, haha, almost said 17, 2018 is the word envision. And that might seem like, oh, it's a really weird word. Why would you pick envision? But the, really, uh, it's the action of having a vision for your year. It's the action of having a vision for anything, really. And uh, for me, this past year, I had kind of a vision, but not real clear one. And uh, so for me, uh, in my relationship with God, my challenge and the thing that God has really just been, I don't know, just poking at me just through Joe's message and uh, everything God's been speaking through uh, the, the messages here this year has been, man, have a clear vision for 2018. So uh, wherever you're at, um, you might have a word that resonates with you. And uh, really that step is to make a declaration and have a time with God, and that's my invitation to everybody here. So if you guys want to stand, and feel free to stand. We're going to sing the song, and like I said, just make it a declaration. Whatever your word is, visualize that word. And the chorus of the song is, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I'm a child of God. So just declare that over your life. Even if you're uh, not great at singing, feel free to just, just go for it, man. This is a safe place. We're all family here, so just feel free to do that. And uh, maybe you just want to reflect and you just want to look at the words. You're totally okay to do that as well. Uh, we're going to lead you guys in this song right now. You unravel me with melody. You surround me with a song. 
of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave to fear yes I am a child of God and I'm no longer a slave to fear yes I am a child of God from my mother's womb you have chosen me love has called my name as I've been born again into your family your blood flows through my veins come on let's declare it yes I'm no longer a slave to fear yes I am a child of God Sing a bit louder, come on.
today of 2017, uh, singing together as a family. I love hearing you. Uh, my wife Taylor in the back saying, shh, listen, listen how good they are. Uh, so we want to thank you for uh, singing with us today and being a part. Uh, and like I said, hopefully um, you picked a word during this time. Maybe your word that'll uh, represent and kind of push you and propel you forward into 2018. And if you did, we would love to see it. Just um, We'd love you to tag us on social media, either on Facebook or Instagram. But let us know maybe why you picked that word, what that word means to you. And um, we can't wait to see that. Uh, we hope you have a safe New Year's uh, Eve. Hopefully you have fun watching uh, Michigan complete the Big Ten sweep. Good job, Michigan State, this week. All that good stuff. Uh, hopefully you have a great time with family and friends tonight. We will see you next year. Thank you so much to all of you who joined us online today. We hope that you too have found a word for yourself and think about that today. Think about that before you go and do all your fun, crazy things today um, for your New Year's Eve parties and all the ways that you're going to celebrate. I hope that you'll think about the word that you wrote down on your hand or thought about in your head um, today. So we would love for you guys to join us next week when we start a new series called Crave. And we're going to talk about self-control and the things that we struggle with because God knows we all struggle with something. So coming out with us next week for our new series called Crave, we can't wait to see you there. Have a good week.